All right, so tonight my guest is Ryan. I've been knowing Ryan since he's a little kid. We were mutual friends of mine. I've been knowing since I was almost like 13, at least Jose since 13. I knew Eric in high school and Hanif and then Gerald. So Jose and Eric, they did martial arts, they did White Crane and um, their sensei had a dojo at his home. And along with that dojo and his home was his son, Ryan, that would be running around. <laughs> Yeah, the annoying time. the shit out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was kind of cool because one, he was in the class, you know, learning as well, but then also just kind of hanging out and stuff. So that definitely showed that he didn't mind him being around older folks for one. And then also, you know, curious about what his dad did, be it partly probably forced maybe, and then a little bit of force and a little bit of uh, personal interest. Uh, mix and match. Really, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really, really dope. So he's the youngest one of our crew it's just great to have him and have his his perspective and one of the things that he's very well versed on which always trips me out one because this movie this subject was out way before he was even around and matter of fact it was it was out around the time that i was around but i was on the young side so i didn't even really connect to it as much as uh, a lot of friends of mine that's what slightly older does actually my i guess future of, of choice uh was uh, star trek and that was only due to me watching star trek with my dad so that was always kind of my 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 bag even though i have a love for for star wars mine was more star trek but as i got older and watched the movies and things like that i did have a connection but i do feel like I didn't connect to it the same only because I didn't see those in the movie theater. And sometimes that kind of stuff helps you to connect to it and then your age and stuff like that. So it trips me out that this dude is even younger than I am. And you talk about connection to the lore and then um, the knowledge of, of all the history and things like that. It, like I, I'm a geek and I and I like geek stuff. So when well, you come you know, across you gotta somebody... blame it, you gotta blame it on VHS because that's what it is. Like I was born in '80, so I missed all the movies. Like what Return of the Jedi was like, I think '83 or something like that. It, I did not catch any of them in the theaters, but clearly my parents either bought and I'm pretty sure what was it? First one, A New Hope, was on VHS and recorded on VHS. My dad recorded it either off a tape or somehow it was on TV or something. So I swear to God, I distinctly remember it's early in the movie when like the sand, the sand people are like, oh, we see Luke, we're going to go after him. And they go jump on the, the Bantha. And there's a glitch and it like starts playing like a segment of a car commercial <laughs> and then just cuts off. And I don't know if like dad was like sitting there like, oh, commercial, damn it, I missed it. Or where he was recording over whatever but i had him on vhs and that's how i wow. internalized star wars growing up wow so so your dad was into star wars and stuff like that you know that is an interesting question because like clearly clearly i nerded out way harder on star wars i think like my dad was never like oh what's this so he was never like poo-pooing on Star Wars, right. but there's he had other things that he was like super into. Like okay. I remember he had VHSs of Spencer, Private Detective that he oh, Spencer for Hire. Yeah, Spencer for Hire. Yeah, I love that Hawk, show. Yeah, oh right? yeah, <laughs> Spencer. Right. Yeah. Future Captain Cisco. Cisco. Exactly. Right. He's Space Nine. 
So my dad wasn't like, he wasn't a fellow Star Wars nerd, but I I think he was like, oh, this seems cool. I'll record it. Maybe the kid will like it. So I I, I don't know. I've never asked him. Um, I like the, the earliest story about my enthusiasm. And I was, I don't know, four or five, something like that. We were still living at our old place. And uh, I had like Luke Skywalker's green lightsaber. Mm-hmm. It's all made out of plastic and stuff. And my dad does martial arts. He's doing a Tai Chi form in the backyard with an actual fucking sword. And I'm like, hey, dad, let's sword fight. And I'm swinging around and he's like, uh, kiddo, I'd, I'd, I'd cut your sword in half if we did that. And I was like, oh, he loves telling that fucking story. <laughs> so clearly it got into me early. Yeah. So, so what things about it you think that um, that you gravitated to? What What do you think that caught you about it? Well, I think like a lot of things, it it changed over time, mm-hmm. right? Like the the depth of what you can appreciate as a kid with your limited context, right? It's like, hey, cool explosions, hey, laser swords, big battles, boom, boom, boom. Like you right. you, you probably get into it at that sort of kid level, which is totally fine, but like. Mm-hmm as i got older like you can start to see more of the layers and it Mm -hmm. goes from liking luke skywalker because he's probably the protagonist and you know it's the hero's journey so you kind of focus on him he's got these cool powers he's got a laser sword and it's like at some point i think maybe high school or early college was like oh wait luke's kind of been a weird role model as well because it's like (laughs) especially at return of the jedi like literally at the end he doesn't win through violence right. he, he doesn't he doesn't win in any sort of combat sense at all yeah he, he beats his dad but then he's like oh oh fuck right okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna turn into my dad and he throws his lightsaber away right 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 he at least in that context rejects violence in all the extended books he you know picks up the lightsaber again but but for that it's like you know i'm not going to choose violence i'm not i'm going to show restraint yeah and certainly for someone who used to get bullied that was kind of a an important thing that i don't know if i picked up directly because mm-hmm. like i think i was a little bit younger where i had that moment where i was like oh shit i'm bullying someone else Ah, oh, oh, I'm just, uh, okay, I'm going to stop. Like, I hate it when people do that to me. So, right, I'm going to try to not do that to other people. So that's pretty, but that's pretty deep that you were able to self-recognize. A lot of people walk around not knowing. So, yeah, I, I, I count myself as lucky for that because otherwise, you know, you're just spreading the harm around other people. But yeah, over time. Over time, Star Wars provided different things, mm-hmm. in part because you can go back and appreciate different parts of the movies. And it's like, as you get older, you're like, oh, I get why Han's cool now, right? Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Like, I mean, it's the original trilogy, Phantom Menace has some amazing spectacle, the fight scenes, not just like the the melee combat with the, the lightsabers, but the space combat, holy crap, still some yeah. of the best in cinema. Yeah. Um, but then there's also all the books that I read. Holy crap! So many, <laughs> so many. That's funny. That's funny. I, yeah. I think a great point that you made as far as like going back and stuff, because I think 
when people think about like people who love movies and music and stuff, I don't think that they think about the well that it is that you do mm-hmm. return to, especially the ones that catch you for one thing. You know, that's all it takes because what yep. you might be going for is not what you leave with. And you could keep going back. Like you say, you get older and you recognize something else or something else catch you the right way. And a joke that was over your head, you laugh at it every time now because now you get it. You had to have some experience before you revisit the movie again with that experience make make you have a different kind of connection and different eyes for it so um, right. i think it's a great point that you you made about that well i think even like in college like one of the things that was besides from my attempt to make a star wars fan film one of the cool things oh. <laughs> we'll get to that so, <laughs> one of the things was like i obviously was into film like I was doing a multimedia degree, but I had a whole bunch of friends like down the bay at San Jose State in the actual film department. And so I was actually just driving down to San Jose and working on short film projects with them for effing years, even after college. Wow. And so if you're immersing yourself in cinema, well, you look to the greats, which maybe isn't necessarily George Lucas, but you realize, oh, wait, him, Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, like they're all film buddies. Right, yeah, and they all went to see, and they all loved Akira Kurosawa, and it's like, oh, cool, okay, so let's look at that, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, and eventually down the road, you're like, oh, Lucas was ripping off some heavy stuff, not just from <laughs> Kurosawa in particular, but yeah. like, origin of the word comes from a Japanese film genre. Wow, like for their basically sort of period pieces. Mm-hmm. which are usually involving samurai right. is something along the lines of i'm gonna try not to butcher it from memory jedi geki okay right we're like geki's film and jedi's like period so george is like oh jedi yoink wow. because the jedi were a mix of cowboy and samurai so like right. there's there's all these layers of like peeling things apart like as much as at a certain point Lucas was reviled after the the prequels. Everyone was like, oh, oh." at a certain point, they're like, oh, there's all these problems with it. But it's like, that guy put a lot of fucking effort in. A lot of effort. He did. He did. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to ask you your thoughts on the prequel. But before that, I was also wondering, what did you think about, because, you know, like, George Lucas is, like, notoriously known for going back and kind of, you know, tweaking with with the magic more than a few times so it's all these different kind of edits and stuff and then d- different kind of cuts and stuff and then some cuts are no longer available what what do you how do you feel about that about him going back and, and touching it's his art i guess and he could do what he want to but then it's also we all feel like it's kind of ours too because we had it a certain kind of way and you want that birthday cake that tastes like the birthday cake you had when you were a kid right. you, you don't want the recipe to be different it might be better but i want the cake that i knew when i was five years old i want my mom to make that cake again not a new cake <laughs> i got mixed feelings about a lot of these things that people get understandably upset about right mixed feelings about the reaction to the upsetness okay but like i get people being like oh man i like this interpretation i don't like why did you make that change but there's also people are like oh i like that change no that's better that works better i get it now it it, blah 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 and this is ignoring the small technical special effects 
mm -hmm. fixes, actual fixes that they made. Not like we're going to insert new stuff or remove new stuff. We're just going to clean up a special effect. Yeah. Like that sort of stuff I don't care about. But what about the stormtrooper bumping his head when they fixed that? Did you mind that being uh, fixed or are you? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> like it's it's one of those things where like I think prior to the internet, mm -hmm. most of us didn't notice all those Easter eggs and stuff. True. Like True. I didn't know about it. Yeah. Like it was probably the mid aughts until I saw an article like, hey, the guy bumped his head. <laughs> Isn't that funny? They missed that. Oh, continuity error. Like <laughs> that's <laughs> it, it's it's cute. Yeah, but it also is not meaningful yeah true. right now the meaningful ones there's definitely a category of meaningful changes and i'm not talking about like extended scenes of tattooing right where they're driving in and you see the wider city eh, okay whatever yeah. i could see people kind of, kind of like doing a double take when at the end of return of the jedi when you see yoda and obi-wan and anakin's force ghosts in the original mm -hmm. it was old man anakin right that we had seen right. for what a minute right? right took his helmet off vader becomes anakin and he went back and put hayden christensen in after they did the prequels oh. i don't fucking care okay okay <laughs> the the interesting thing is they could have left it as it is mm -hmm. and it would have been all right so that's old old anakin mm -hmm. but it actually does make more sense that it's the hayden christensen version because that was the last time he saw himself, right? I mean, True. unless they're like, hey, before we put you in the Vader suit, you want to look at your burned <laughs> remains? Right. <laughs> and it's right. and it's also it's also reflecting his return to an earlier self. His right? innocent self. Right. Quote unquote. Let's be clear, Anakin. I know, I know. I know. Quote unquote. That's quote unquote. But yeah, he's 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 giving up the Vader mm -hmm. persona. Someone. So Okay. director cuts director edits whether it's lucas or whoever it was the blade runner i can't remember right now you know the director cut of that adding yeah. the unicorn or gami mm -hmm. not doing it the dream sequence like it would be nice if they left the other prior versions mm -hmm. but eh, eh, yeah. eh. No, that's fair. I, I i grant people being upset about it because it's like that was that one thing that I really cared about. It's like, mm -hmm. eh, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, that's this. I wish I could have a more hot take, but that's very much a cool take on people being upset about their things being changed. Because yeah, there's a lot of that in fiction. <laughs> yeah, it is, and I think unjust. Because I, I don't, I don't know. I guess maybe. Maybe I haven't. Maybe they haven't hit anything that I felt a ways about yet. I guess because um, part of me can understand, but not to the point of like bullying and and, and just just all the stuff that's kind of happened on social media about certain things and people's feelings about it. It's like I I watch a I watch you know you know like sci-fi or superhero movie or cartoons or whatever like you know before I would watch sports even and. Um, when stuff happens and change, I, I kind of just like either it's for me or not, but I still had what I had. So I'm never really that been out of shape enough to, to, you know, go out my front door and scream to a neighborhood like, you know, you killed my childhood. I, I just I just never and I love it deep, but but not to that extent. <laughs> yeah, well, 
for people that are heavily attached to their secondary worlds, right? Mm -hmm. all, all these different fictional universes are all secondary worlds, right? right? We're in the real world, unless it's a simulation. Allegedly, <laughs> right? Quote, unquote. But <laughs> they, and I, I get this, they want to really believe in the validity of the secondary world. Not to right. the extent where they're like, it's schizophrenic or anything like that, but just like they don't want the verisimilitude of its reality broken. Right. As someone that plays and runs tabletop games like D&D, I get that, right? The players don't want to see behind the screen and realize, oh, yeah, this whole goddamn thing's fake, but it's not real. Like, sorry. Like, right. um, yeah. The, yeah. People need yeah. to chill. Like, we, we have the same problem with freaking comic books because, you know, yeah. <laughs> comic book nerds like we have this same problem all the goddamn time and it's even worse in comics because you've got this massive trove of continuity right, right. and it's like <laughs> the thing is people get pissed off about that thing from that continuity that they love can't be changed but as you look at the rest of the continuity that they have or maybe even haven't consumed right. And they're just chucking that out right like what was it uh peter parker spider-man there's the clone saga yeah oh yeah. right which is multiple clones here and there and da 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 and basically the writers for the most part are like oh, we'll keep the one clone he can come back yeah ben, right yeah. right yeah ben riley mm -hmm. but as someone who consumed a big chunk of that, I also just like, yeah, that's all I need to keep. I don't care about the rest of the continuity. I can barely remember that it was the Jackal, the Jackal, like there's so much that I've just ejected. And it's the yeah. same thing for Star Wars with, the, uh, I don't want to say hundred, but dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of books that I've read. Mm -hmm. There's just stuff that doesn't matter yeah. to me. Right, right. So, uh, and there's stuff that I think is stupid. I stuff that thinks yeah. it's fucking awesome. And the hilarious thing now is it doesn't fucking matter because it's all the legacy canon. Yeah. Disney was like, yeah, no, 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 no. All the books. Nope. We're just we're just tracking the movies and specific animated TV shows. That's it. That's it. Right, right. So is it do you agree with their choices for the stuff that they consider that they let in versus the stuff that they say is not canon? Because it doesn't it doesn't make what you know, because you, you kind of check it all out. So it's not like just because they say it don't exist don't mean you don't know it. You, right. So like so, I know it. I can carry I can carry that particular canon on. I think there's a term right. like head canon where it's just like your personal interpretation of this weird <laughs> thing. Oh, like it's like that. no one no one says it's not that. So right. I'm just gonna fan theory that boom head cannon right. so i can still hold on to that cannon it's just like a separate timeline or whatever yeah but i i don't think i think when disney mm -hmm. presumably the creatives not necessarily the executives but I, I i like to think the creatives were pushing this decision point because as a creative to step into that massive continuity it's the same problem with star trek mm -hmm. yeah. is like oh this continuity is great and amazing and thoughtful and filled out and it totally ties my hands mm -hmm. of what i can do right doesn't right. matter if it's a you know a piece of sci-fi technology or some sort of magic which you've got both in sci-fi and how they work and why they work mm -hmm. a lot of times those restrain the story you're trying to tell in the moment 
right? right? So <clears throat> allow me to bitch about the Mandalorian. Go for it. <laughs> so love the Mandalorian. Love the Mandalorian. Me too. Me too. But, you know, uh, there's weird technology continuity things where it's like, why would you do that? Oh, it's like, oh, you did it for a story beat. You did it for mm -hmm. a story beat. You did it for a story reason. And it makes no fucking sense outside of that context. Like it right. changes the way the world works. So Mandalorian season one, episode one, Mando gets his, gets his new bounty that is going to lead him spoilers to baby Yoda. If you're out of, right. out of luck on that spoiler too bad. <laughs> now, they could have just gone and said, like, here's a hollow picture of mm -hmm. Baby Yoda. This is your target. Amanda would have just said, ah, no kids. Yeah. Boop, end of show. Yeah. Right? And that's the problem. He would have realized what the target was, and it would have been against his personal little code because mm -hmm. he was a foundling and all that. Right? You can't have that dramatic reveal. So they're like, all right, well, we need some other way for him to find the target, but not know what the target looks like. Oh, we'll give him a key fob. We'll give him a tiny little puck, a key fob <laughs> that'll track Grogu, Baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. So it works out fine. Da -da -da -da. But it's like, okay, so there's a tracking device uh, no there's no tracking device on him because it comes up later that yeah. he's still being tracked he's on another planet and another bounty hunter shows up and again it's to serve a story beat it could have been that little hand puck only works on that planet you know, maybe mm -hmm. it does just it's always it's like well how does it work it it served a purpose on the other planet of I can't stay here with these nice villagers and right. settle down. That's what it was. Yeah. Because I have this obligation to the kid, I can't stay here. Lone wolf and cub, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that means that bounty hunter got one of those pucks somewhere that is somehow tracking baby Yoda right. and either just randomly flew to that planet and was like, oh, hey, this 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 key fob's lighting up. I'm gonna go follow it and get shot. <laughs> Or he picked up the key fob at the same place that Mando did and yeah. then followed it through hyperspace, the vastness of the galaxy, down to that planet and then down to the... I was like, wait a fucking minute. Yeah. How did how did Luke, how did Han, how did anyone not get caught? Right? Right. So it's just one of those, like, how the hell is that goddamn working? It doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, they, they had a similar thing in the episode later where they do the jailbreak and there's a key fob that mm -hmm. like <laughs> the, the pilot of the prison ship has a key fob and it hits the key fob and sends out a distress signal i'm like oh okay so the key fob sent a signal to the ship he's on and the mm -hmm. ship is broadcasting sos public's gonna come and save the day right. but because they wanted to serve a story beat of mando's clever and he is Mm -hmm. He takes this little key fob and he sticks it into the back pocket of one of the people that just betrayed him and they fly back to their base right. somewhere else in space and the Republic goes there. So they're following the key fob. They're not coming to the prison ship. Right. So it's like, wait, this tiny, tiny key fob right. is sending out a distress signal that goes through hyperspace. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Maybe they're in the same region of space, but Star Wars is horrible at laying out distances, whatever. But <laughs> my point is that those served story purposes, narrative purposes, right. character beats. Right. But they didn't think about the implications of how that works in the wider world. All right. And we saw that also in The Last Jedi. 
which has lots of other problems. But it's that that big dramatic moment where General What's Her Face, Laura Dern, turns the ship around and hyperspace rams into the fleet. Just like, that oh was shit, dope. Right? That Visually. Was, visually I, dope yeah. like i'm also a sucker for the sacrifice move like yeah, yeah. that always works on me mm-hmm. captain going down the ship just like Man, uh, sucker for yeah. that trope mm-hmm. like it, emotionally it worked but mm-hmm. literally like a second later my brain was like oh fuck why isn't no one else doing that because that's right. the thing like wait if you just hyperspace ram ships why don't you just build a ship with no one in it and just hyperspace ram it into whatever you want yeah or use drones right or use droids right or or use clones you have a lot of expendable characters it, that you could use. <laughs> and this and the thing is so there might be lots of uh exemptions you know asterisks around that particular thing like why it can't be used all the time blah 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 but you know they're not serving that world building purpose they're like have the moment move on yeah because there was to talk shit about some of the legacy stuff there was a whole trilogy books where a clone of the emperor came back and built a fucking hyperspace gun that did exactly that oh it was uh like what the center of the galaxy abyss or something like that mm-hmm. big exp- it's basically another death star it's another super weapon right and it did the exact same thing but it would take out planets it would shoot giant planet killers through hyperspace that no one could stop <laughs> So was that considered canon, or you say no, it's not? It is in legacy canon, so it was legacy. part of the books. Okay. Like I have a graphic novel of the, you know, interpretation of that, that trilogy. But I, you know, it's been like a couple decades since I like read it, and like mm-hmm. I'm sure they were like, well, you know, you have to build this giant star killer base thing to make it work, and it's not like a ship can do that, right? right? So they right. put some constraints on it, but again, it's like please please think about how your story beats is going to affect the world building and that's only because i'm one of those people that give a shit about these secondary worlds yeah, yeah. <laughs> right because oh. it's not going to be just for this moment right? right this film this character arc it's like no it's part of this larger that's why people get you know pissed off when someone retcons superman's power set yeah <laughs> right right superman's right. made out of energy now <laughs> what Right, Superman can go supernova, but then he's depleted for a whole day. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, at least there's a consequence there that makes it where he's not just ridiculously more powerful. He actually gets weaker. Yeah, because even though I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I feel that way. Um, but it's a trip too. It's kind of like, like you you prefer for them to be holding to you know the the legacy and the stories and things like that. And then, but then you're also assuming the people who's working on it have a love for it, even know the continuity. Um, and even with that, if it's in a different medium or if it's stuff that you may know, like from a book or something, but people who only watch the, you know, whatever, the Clone Wars or only watch the original movies and stuff like that. So it's kind of like all over the place. And, and it would just be, I think the only person that really would be able to, well, I guess I guess Kevin Feige kind of does it in a way, even though he's not doing exactly like the comics. He, he at least he has a big picture and he can kind of rein stuff back when he sees like, don't do this because I'm gonna have it's gonna affect that and you know a big picture yeah. guy. He's got the high level stuff. Right, right, and it's interesting because George Lucas was that for Star Wars, and then people you know 
kind of gave him a hard time with it with the prequels, which I thought was kind of like now you they people may have issues with it, but that's that guy's world. That's kind of like saying, you know, right? God was just like saying like God was wrong. Well, no, if God say this, regardless if you like it or not, that's what it is. And so I thought I think it's ironic that people had issues with that, almost kind of ran them off in a way. And then it's like, well, give it to somebody else. And when they did, look what we got. I don't see people complaining about those prequels anymore like they were before after they saw what happens. Right. And it was funny because I was, I was, I was looking up like something about Ryan Johnson the other day with like, was it Last Jedi? And he, yeah. he, he, he had an interview where someone was like asking about him sort of like pushing sort of some of the boundaries and how the force worked and this and that. And he's like, okay, well, one, like everyone that came before me was doing the exact same thing. George Lucas did that because he was creating all this sort of stuff. I'm another creator pushing the boundaries of what can be applicable and what's not applicable and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a valid point. And these other things, like, what am I going to be stuck with? Something that was written 30 years ago, right? Like, for the story I'm trying to tell. And it's like, I, I, I kind of, uh, like, uh, yeah. See, it's the thing is, it's like, where's that threshold, right? Someone comes in, writes a new Superman story. And there's all these different data points about what is Superman. Yes. And if he gets 70%, does he get 80% of it right? Yeah. If he gets 50%, people are going to fucking riot, right? So it's like, how how much are you changing? And as much as, you know, we shit on Ryan Johnson for Last Jedi, dude, oh God, I already forgot his name. Who directed the other two movies on either side? Mr. Mystery Box Boy. JJ Abrams. Yeah. JJ, thank you. Mr. Lens Flair. Flair. Mm -hmm. So, in the previous movie, The Force Awakens, he came up with an entirely new force power. Yeah. Right? Boom. Frozen in place. You can't move. I'm going to hold that laser bolt in place. And, like, everyone was like, oh, that's fucking cool. I was like, well, he also broke a rule. He made a new thing. Mm -hmm. Right? He didn't retcon a thing. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is hilarious because he retconned Ryan Johnson. After right. Ryan Johnson subverted expectations, not necessarily retcon stuff, but it's yeah. Hey, this is Jay, and I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I just want to let you know that this conversation is part of a larger conversation that continues on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Jay. If you enjoyed my conversation with Ryan, please check out our episodes where we talked about The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Spider-Man No Way Home, and the movie Batman. Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace.